Welcome to a podcast dedicated to your mental health. Hi, I'm Bailey with the Recording Library of West Texas. Hi, I'm Christy Edwards. I'm the Executive Director and a therapist at Centers for Children and Families. Hi, I'm Melanie Size. I'm the Marketing and Development Director at Centers for Children and Families. Together, we're bringing you tips and tricks on how to navigate this thing called life. This is Center Solutions. <laughs> Due to the nature of some of the topics that are discussed, listener discretion is advised. My Apple Watch died today. So. <laughs> I know, they don't stay charged very long. Not like no, they should. Yeah. I have the money. I found the chargers on Amazon for like twelve bucks, and I have one in my office, in my car. I have one in my suitcase, like when I travel. Yes, I need to do that too. Because mine die all the time. Mm -hmm. Before you know it, they'll have those little belfies for the. Oh, they will. (laughs) They will. The battery. (laughs) Hey, Christy. Hey, Melanie. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. We're great. And we, I am fantastic. We are in the studio today with Maya from Breaking. Bread Kitchen. Is it Breaking Bread Kitchen? Is that the full? It is. just Breaking Bread? Breaking Bread Kitchen. Breaking Bread Mm -hmm. Kitchen. Welcome to the studio. Thank you. I'm so excited. I know, Maya, because we just finished the Executive Leadership Certification School. We did. Which was six months long, I think. Or nine months long. Nine months. It was a long time. time. (laughs) So we, um, we got to meet each other through that school and we got to network a little bit and she's a really cool lady and I'm so glad she's on the show today. And I'm going to let Melanie kind of start off with a really cool story that she has about how she met Maya recently. Okay, so I've all, Breaking Bread Kitchen has always been one of my favorite places to volunteer. And my daughters and I have gone there to volunteer in the evening. Uh, but here recently, we went to help with the grub packs for lunch, which um, I'll let Maya talk a little bit about that, a little more elaborate on it. But basically, there are these uh, packs that are put together, different categories of food that children can come in and just pick items out. Um, and my girls and I help distribute them. And Maya and I got into this really amazing conversation about uh, how mental health is affected by uh, hunger experienced by children and why they're trying to combat some of that those hunger issues and the whole concept of food insecurity, which is uh, very interesting. Uh, Food insecurity, by definition, is the state of being without reliable access to a sufficient quantity of affordable and nutritious food. But there's so many facets to it. Um, and sitting and talking to her and listening to it made me think, okay, you need to come out here and we need to have mm-hmm. you on our podcast because it's such a such an interesting topic. Um, there's a report by Feeding America that indicates that there are 3 million children in the USA without enough to eat on a daily basis. So this is a very relevant topic. Um, it's a growing problem in our area. And uh, definitely want to let my elaborate a little bit on what she sees on a regular basis. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, guys. So we do see that more often in Midland. A lot of people believe since Midland is a boom town Mm -hmm. that we don't have any of that going on. We don't have food insecurity. We don't have anybody who's going to bed hungry. The reality of that is we face it harder (laughs) than a lot of places do. In Midland, the cost of living is outrageous. And so we have, you know, quote unquote, normal people that are working 40, 50, 60 hours a week, 
and it is not enough to keep up with the rent here. It's the working poor. It's the working it's poor. Mm-hmm. That I would say 80 to 90 percent is what we serve is working poor in this community. And a lot of it are single parent homes, multi-generational homes. All of those places need help and, and we can help them. It's just a lot of people um, just don't know that they're there. <laughs> And a lot of people won't speak up to ask for help, but we're here to kind of fill that gap in so people can have nutritious food without feeling the stigma of having to, um, a lot of places make you almost kind of do tricks for food almost. And we don't do any of that. There's no questions. There's no questionnaires. There's nothing. If you're hungry, you just show up. And Maya, what is food insecurities? What exactly does that mean? For us, the definition, the the formal definition, um, it's true. There's there's it's without having a reliable source of nutritious food. Food insecurity for a lot of people, especially here, is just not knowing where your next meal is going to come from, and hoping that maybe it'll fill your tummy for more than ten minutes if you do find something to eat. And we're we're aware of that issue. It's a huge issue here. And it's a huge issue with kids, especially during the summertime. And so we're here to fill that gap in. So we're here to fill in, hey, there's this food. It's going to be okay if you leave it in your backpack for three hours because you're going to get hungry again. So here's some food, you know. So we always try to do fresh food as well. But especially for people that we know um, are not going to be in a place with maybe a stove or a sink or something like that, we do a lot of shelf-stable food that they can easily eat quickly that will fill their tummies for more than just a few minutes. And you mentioned things like fruit, Mm -hmm. some nutritional type items. We do. We always, 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 that is our biggest cost at Breaking Bread is fresh fruit and vegetables because we refuse to not serve that kind of thing. Um, The sad fact is it will probably probably be the only fresh food some of our people will get all day. And so we don't ever skimp on that. We have an amazing salad in at, at dinner time. If you ever come, we have this amazing salad with all these beautiful vegetables. We have an amazing fruit. And it's usually some sort of fruit salad. And it's when we do grub packs, we always have bananas, apples, oranges, something fresh on the breakfast truck in the morning. We always have fresh fruit. It's something that we just refuse to, to negotiate because it is something huge. The grub packs are done for summer, right? They are. They're done every Friday during the summer months. When for We follow MISD's schedule. So when they get out to when they go back. So that kind of helps give them some nutritional food throughout the summer while they're not at school. Right. And right. you mentioned before, some of the families here have many children. Mm-hmm. And that they've been coming to you for a long time. So you've built a yeah. relationship with a lot of your clients. We have. They're our friends. They're our friends. We genuinely care about their well-being. We just had a friend who had um, her fifth baby, and it was one of those things where, you know, I called to check on her. Are you okay? Do you need anything? I haven't seen you, you know, and it's one of those, you make friendships with these people. These aren't just people that you help. These are people that become part of your family. You do that as volunteers also. You get used to the same faces, and you develop a relationship, and one of the cool things about the dinner there is you volunteer and then you sit and have dinner. So it's a real human connection. Yes. Uh, and it's an opportunity to get to know people that you might not ever mm-hmm. run into. Yes. And at that point, 
it's just, it's a human connection. It's wonderful. Well, and one of the things that brings people together, we can feed people all the time, but if there's no sense of community, Mm -hmm. then there's no human connection. If it's just like, here's your food, have a great day. If you get to sit down and talk to somebody and tell me about you, tell me about you, because honestly, there are very few people that actually take the time to sit and have a conversation like these people are humans. A lot of people don't see people in need as being human-like. Um, well, you think about in the bigger cities, there's just a food, there's just a food line, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And it's like, here we are, we're, you know, we're volunteering, we're trying to get you food, we're trying to get you fed, mm-hmm. please take this and go enjoy. Right. You know, and I think with that, some mm-hmm. people, are, you know, they feel like, oh, you stay behind the line. Right. You don't really include me, you don't really recognize right. my need, you just see us as a charity case right. instead of, like you said, the working poor who are just trying to get by or who yes. are raising, you know, multiple children or grandkids or great grandchildren mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just and, and just really struggling to have some healthy food. Right. So I love what you got It's a huge that. thing for and if you'll notice if you ever get a chance to ride in our breakfast truck, mm-hmm. our breakfast truck is set up in a way that um, our volunteers and the people that work at Breaking Bread are right beside the people they're serving. There's no divider. I'm on this side. You're on this side. That's very important. Right. Mental health standpoint. Yes. And tell yes. our listeners what what exactly is the breakfast truck? So our breakfast truck is something we started about three years ago, I believe, same time as the Grub Packs. The breakfast truck is this amazing ministry where we have a truck and we fill it with deliciousness. And a lot of people say, oh, do you give them like a sandwich or something? I'm like, we do. But (laughs) it's it's a huge protein packed either burrito, sandwich, something. It's something sweet. So honey buns are a favorite. Can't live without honey buns and donuts, powdered donuts. Those are good. They are good. I mean, who who blames anybody? That, yeah. Right. I know. They're delicious. Um, we have coffee. We have water. We have hard-boiled eggs they can keep in their backpack. We have fresh fruit that they can keep in their backpack. All of this deliciousness in our driver, we call him the tailgate barista because he knows, hey, that's that's John, and he likes two sugars and, and one cream. You know, that's it's the connection thing again. And so... Yes, we go and find our friends that live on the streets. We talk to them as humans. We love them as real people, and we feed them. And how often do you guys do that? Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's so much about dignity. Yes. Which has, so, which has everything to do with the mental health component. And mm-hmm. this uh, makes me think about one of the conversations that sparked this whole uh, new conversation that I had with Maya was... Uh, the food insecurity that happens with the type of food that people are taking home. Yes. She talked about how um, they always try to have a certain particular, uh, the best kind of food, not mm-hmm. just like we talked about when I was a kid, you know, we might have the cereal that my friends had the cool cereal and, you know, my mom was probably buying bag cereal right. in containers. And you're <laughs> like, not fair. But, you know, there is a little strange Bit mm-hmm. that makes you feel lesser. And when you're a child, it's yes. something that small. And so uh, she had great uh, topic on that. Well, we, we try to, I grew up in a food insecure home mm-hmm. and I grew up with a single parent and my mother was working. And, you know, as a child, it was my job to feed my sibling, <laughs> you know, but, you know, there were rules. Don't turn on the oven, right. you know, let's not do any of this, but still you guys take care of each other. So going along with the dignity and serving for a child, 
Um, and a lot of people may interpret, interpretate that differently. But for me, it means, hey, let's have the name brand exactly. stuff, you know, and that way it, it's just something for a kid when they can say, I've got Kraft macaroni and cheese. You know, I don't have. I have Cheez-Its, not the H. Right, right. I mean, the great simple. value. Right, Cheez-Its. right. Yeah. Cheez-Its, yes. Exactly. Right. And as an adult, I mean, I, I, I buy the off-brand stuff because now I don't care. Yeah. But as a child, it was soul-crushing thinking, I can't afford. We can't afford to buy, you know, cereal in a box. Like right. we, we joked, I didn't know cereal came in a box, you know, for a I very long time. My daughter thinking, this stuff is cool. I'm, I'm going to back about this. Right, you right. Know, which is great. Yes. And it's just one of those little, it's just a little thing that can mean so much to a child, you know? So do you see that often that the, in the household, the older siblings are really the ones taking care of the younger ones, doing all the cookings, trying to figure out how they're going to find food for their younger siblings? All the time. Um, All the time. In your experience, why is that? Where are the parents? What's going on right here in Midland? So there are a few different scenarios. The biggest one that we do see is, is parents have to work. They do have to work. And if the parents are not working, um, there there are issues with mental health, with uh, uh, substance abuse, with alcoholism. So even though a parent may be there physically, sometimes they're not there to meet those needs that those kids have. So the older children have to step in and become the caregiver, caregiver which happens a lot. Um, it's unfortunate, but it does happen. And take us behind the scenes a little bit of breaking bread. If you have, say someone new comes in and you've Mm -hmm. never seen this family before, how do you start? Well, we welcome them with open arms. And we don't ever want to, our term is to spook anybody. We don't ever want to spook anybody. So there's not a huge, oh, thank you for coming. Mm -hmm. It's, hey, how are you? Here's, you know, this is what we're having tonight. We show them how it works. We feed them. We there there is a little sermon or a little something at the end of every feeding night that we have at the soup kitchen. But there's never any obligation. You do not have to pray. You do not have to listen to the sermon. It's there if you want it. But you don't have to sit there um, and and pay quote unquote for your food by listening to a talk about religion. It's there if you want it. And that's what our um, our our focus is to help people through feeding them right. and to show them God's love. So here's a little bit of positivity, a positive message, regardless right. of the religion, because you're going through a hard time, but we're here for you. Right, right. I had a volunteer ask me um, last week, actually, he said, do I have to love God to come? And I said, absolutely not. Well, and I think people would take that as um, judgment. And that's right. one of the things that we're trying to, to right. get away from is that, you know, if I don't believe in God or if I don't want to acknowledge that I do, then I can't come back. No. It's basically not hungry, the case at all. We have food. Yes. This yes. This is going to happen tonight. You you do what you want to do. Yes. So it's, yes. It's there, but it's never anything that we push on anyone. Mm-hmm. Never. But we want to show people that they are loved. And this is what we believe love is. This is how it looks. Um, but you're not required to to participate if you don't want to. And let's talk a little bit about the mental health related to um, having those food insecurities. You mentioned before things like substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, Christy, let's talk a little bit about that. What What are some of the common problems that you see related to hungry families? Okay. Well, I mean, think just think for a minute about how you feel 
when you're hungry, right? Mm -hmm. You can't pay attention. All you can think about is getting food or, you know, or, or something like that. Or And if you don't get it, Melanie and I often talk about how we get hangry, you know, mm -hmm. you're hungry. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, so now move beyond just being hungry to being really angry about being hungry. Mm -hmm. Kids cannot focus. You know, and I've talked before on other podcasts in here about this hierarchy of needs that we have as humans. You know, the very first one is safety. And part of being safe is that you've got food to eat. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got air to breathe. You've got a place to, you know, be out of the, the elements, okay? If those are met, then you can move to the next kind of level in the hierarchy. There are kids who are hungry every day, and we expect them to be able to go to school and perform. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're not going to be able to, so they get labeled as, you know, learning disability mm -hmm. or lazy or oppositional defiant. And that's sometimes when they land in our office. Right. And when we start working with them, we find out this is just a physical or physiological need not being met. Mm -hmm. Let's feed these people. And that's whenever we can make the referrals, to, uh, you know, to the, the breaking bread mm -hmm. um, to go and get, you know, some healthy food. But your kids cannot perform unless they have everything in line for being their brains to be able to be fully engaged. And so hunger is one of those things that will yeah. always happen. Right. It's not something you can meet that need today. And that's right. You're going right. to be hungry again tomorrow. Right. Right. Hunger is always going to be there. And that's the, the physio physiological component, but mm -hmm. there's also a shame factor. Yes. The kids face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Can you there's, talk more about that, Christy? Okay, so, I mean, the, the shame is if they don't have enough, to, it's just like if they can't wear clothes, mm -hmm. you know, like everybody else wears, mm -hmm. or if they don't have in their lunch, or if they don't even have lunch. I mean, some kids yeah. get sent to school with nothing. They don't have a cafeteria plan. They don't have a lunchbox. They sh simply show up. So then, you know, it's like Melanie's saying, it's shame. And then those kids go out to recess and they set up against the building because, you know, people are like, you didn't have lunch. You know, mm -hmm. kids can be cruel about that. Yes. You know, so the goal is if these kids are fed, that they don't have to deal with, um, you know, that kind of thing going on. What is it like for a parent who can't provide food for their kid? And Maya, mm. you can start. And then Chrissy, if you okay. want to talk about the mental part of that. It's one of the most heart-wrenching things to have a parent, um, for me, to have, because I'm a mom of three, to have a mama come to you with tears in her eyes, and I've had this happen several times, just pull me aside and say, hey, I actually don't have any food, and I know you guys don't do this, but is there any way I could have like a pantry box or something? And I'm like, of course you can, you know, and it's not one of those things where we stop everything and we're like, all right, guys, hey. They need food. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something I do discreetly. And I let her pick it out. I let her go grocery shopping in our pantry if she needs to. But it's so heartbreaking um, as a parent to watch another parent know that they can't meet this need for their child or their children. That they know that they're, I know that whatever food is in their home is going to their children, which means mom or dad or grandma or grandpa are not eating either. Mm -hmm. It's it's a heartbreaking thing. And I'm sure it ties into mental health. I mean, I know from personal experience when we've had short months it's it is heartbreaking to have to say oh guys we can't actually you know we're going to eat you know uh ramen noodles or something you know something you know to look to see your kids go but i i would really like to have some chicken tonight and i'm like i'm, I'm sorry guys chicken. we just don't have it mm -hmm. you know and it's hard to explain to a child mommy and daddy yes are actually working all the time but there's just not enough. It's hard to explain to it, especially a small child. All they know is their belly needs food and they can't focus on anything except for being hungry. And they don't understand why their parent can't provide that for them. 
So as a parent, it's got to be excruciating. And what happens for these kids? I mean, we like to believe that parents are doing the best they can with the tools that they have, mm-hmm. right? And so all of us work together to try to equip them with those tools. Sometimes parents are just cruddy parents, and they don't care. Yeah. So we like to think that those are the minority. But those any of the kids, whether it's because parents don't care, parents don't have the ability to, or what you know, if they have drug or alcohol or their you know mental health issues, um, though that creates trauma for the child. Yes. So if if you're you know if your child is going to school hungry a lot or not having you know the the proper clothes, those are traumas, and that's what we've discovered over the, I'm going to say the last ten or twelve years with the research. It is all of these adverse childhood ex- experiences that create traumas that affect their ability to learn and to engage in meaningful um, yes. relationships. Mm-hmm. And so we're, that's where we intervene is to try to, you know, uh, address those trauma mm-hmm. issues. Once again, we can't fix that if it continues on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just, it's hard to be a kiddo sometime whenever. It is. Um, I mean, let's just be real about it. Some parents just are not good parents. They're not good parents. Yeah. They have their own issues they're sorting out. They, they don't have the capacity to handle what's going on internally with them. And take care of the kids. And it's important that, you know, we recognize that no matter what's going on with the parent, the kid deserves whatever mm-hmm. the community has to offer. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, even if a parent shows up, you know, and Maya's going, oh, oh you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're really not trying to do anything about this. She still recognizes that that child has no control over that. Right. And so we still want to make sure the child is taken care of. There well, are a that, lot of places yes. that will just go, I'm sorry. Parents got to take care of things first, mm-hmm. but you can't do it. You can't. You have to think things through a little bit differently in nonprofit, especially in Midland, because there's such a, a stigma of, well, you can just go down to McDonald's and make $17 an hour. Why aren't you doing something better? Um, you don't know what's going on in that family. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. And that's why with Grub Packs, um, when we let the kids pick out what they want and how much they want, you'll see sometimes kids grabbing like, you know, 20 beef jerkies. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is I'm not going to tell them, guys, no, don't do that. One beef jerky. Because I don't know that if I don't know that family, that, that might be their weekly food. Because kids hoard food when they're short on food. They do. And what are some of the other signs uh, of how we can notice that a child is hungry? What are some signs that we can watch for? Um, some of the signs uh, to look for for a hungry child, uh, they ask for food every day. They're not picky at all. Um, they suddenly lose or gain weight. They hoard snacks, mm-hmm. like Maya mentioned, snacks and food. Uh, they're bullying or behaving badly. Uh, that's part of the hangry topic. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a, a funny joke, and we see that term a lot, but it's, it is a real thing. Um, hunger causes anger, anxiety. Um, and decaying teeth. That's another sign. Yes. And do you get a lot of calls from, say, like MISD or schools? Like, do teachers kind of look for those symptoms, too, and reach out to you guys? They they do. Um, we are very blessed to have a lot of nonprofits here. And we try to partner with as many as we can because we feed people. But we also have, you know, other nonprofits that maybe clothe people. So if they find somebody who has, you know, that comes in and says, hey, do you know where we can find food? They know to call us. And so the counselors at MSD are great about that. They know that if they need, if they have a student that 
I've had counselors before say, can I just come pack a, a bag for a student? I don't want to embarrass the family, but I know that there's a need there. And that's happened before, too. And so have you seen an influx just in the last couple of years with all the people moving here? Oh, definitely. That they definitely. Just... We've had a huge surge in children coming to eat with us in the past year, mm-hmm. in the past year alone, because it is a lot of single parent or honestly, it's a lot of we have a lot of grandparents bring their kids or aunts and uncles or um, this is my neighbor's kids, you know, type of thing. And that's one of the reasons we were adding in a whole children's area in our building is because there's a need because kids are there and we want the kids to feel at home. And uh, tell us more about that. I haven't heard about that. Yes. So we are we are still planning a remodel for our building soon, but until we can get all of that situated and we can actually start the remodel. We're doing um, a reading area for our children. We're doing a, we're partnering with Educate Midland and MISD to have Imagine Math and I station in our building so kids can fill their tummies and they can go do some homework. And then we'll also have a play area for the little kids. So we'll have books that the kids can take home if they want to. Um, or they can read them there. We'll have nice, big, comfy chairs, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to well, be congratulations fun. on that expansion. Oh, thank you. I'm excited. How long has Breaking Bread been in Midland? When they, was it established? Well, so it started in the early 90s with our founder, Robert Dorn, who passed away a few months ago. But he started um, going along the streets of Midland in a truck painted like a cow, <laughs> and he would just feed people. He would see a need and he would feed people. And some business people from downtown Midland kind of caught wind of this and wanted to help him. So we started feeding dinner out of the Midland Soup Kitchen before we had a building. We were finally able to get our nonprofit status and buy a building. And then we started serving dinner out of our actual building. And it's just grown little by little by little all these years later. And how long have you been with Breaking Bread? I'm going on my fourth year at Breaking Bread. Um, I've been executive director for about 19, 20 months, almost two years. And you were drawn to Breaking Bread because of your personal story. Just you've experienced food insecurity. Yes, I experienced food insecurity. My mother was a single mother for most of my life. Um, But something else, a little seed that my mother planted in me was she also ran the um, food bank at our church. So I was a food bank voluntold um, <laughs> most of my life. So it was something that that seed, whether you whether you know you're planting a seed in your child's heart or not, when they're, you know, seven years old and they're like, oh, I have to go do this. You don't know what you're planning and they could grow up to try to help hundreds of people. And speaking of volunteering, you need people more than just on Christmas Day. Yes. <laughs> and actually, a lot of times that's when everybody cares. Yes. I know. And it, it's a blessing for people to want to come serve. But we just want people to know that we still feed people in July. Because, <laughs> you know, you think about your youth groups and things like that. They're always like, we're going to go feed the less fortunate at right. Thanksgiving or Christmas, right? Right. So, no, it's like we, we need them every day, guys. We Mon- need Monday through Friday, right? Right, right. Is there a certain day of the week that you, you really need more volunteers? It just differs because we have different programs. And so there's so many things you can get involved in. There's different times of the day. You could come help meal prep. We do a meal prep every other Tuesday for our breakfast truck. We have people come in and make a whole week's worth of breakfast to get ready. We have grub packs on Friday mornings. We have dinner every day. We have dinner delivery every day. We have breakfast every day. So there are tons of, of ways you can get involved. You can bring your kids. 
there, there's so many different ways that you could help. And I will promise you that you will get more out of serving than the people you're serving because you'll see something. A lot of people, especially if they ever ride the truck, since the truck are the hands and feet on the ground, um, a lot of people come back and say, I had no idea this existed in Midland. Zero idea. I can tell you the first time we went to, I took my daughters. Mm-hmm. I was worried because they're at that age when you're pulling them away from, you know, phones, games, friends. Right. And I thought, oh, this better have good attitude. <laughs> <laughs> and when we left, they cried the whole way home oh. and said, we want to do this again. Good. And how old are they? Uh, 12 and 17 now. Yeah. But we started a few years back and they just loved it. So yes. as much as we can, you know, given extracurricular activities in school, mm-hmm. we try to come up. But they That's great. Love it. And you're planting those seeds in your, your girls. Mm-hmm. Voluntold. Mm-hmm. Voluntold. Voluntold. <laughs> yes. Well, my, my children and my husband get voluntold quite oh, often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody I think all nonprofits. Right. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, our our entire families didn't know that they were also in nonprofit. Right, <laughs> right. Well, and that's how I grew up being voluntold by my mother. But look what seed it planted in me. So, you know, you never know. And you just started a senior program. We did. So we do a homemade for the homebound. And so we deliver meals fully cooked, of course, fresh, free, of course, no questions asked to people who are homebound. So we do that in the evening as well. And people... Um, we always need people to ride the trucks and to help prepare those meals as well. But it's something that if we had the manpower, it could be huge in Midland because there's a huge need. We do have, um, you know, Meals on Wheels that does provide lunch, but nobody to deliver dinner. Mm-hmm. So if we had the manpower, the volunteer power, we could serve so many more people. Because many of those people that get Meals on Wheels at noon cut their meals into they do. to have something in They do. That is something that happens every day. And that's that's the need that we saw of they can't. Yes, we do have a free meal at our building, but they can't come to our building. Right. There's yeah. no transportation. Right. Or they or they physically cannot leave their home right. for if, if they do, it's a. You know, it's a huge production for them and um, they would rather be in their homes, which is fine. But like I said, if we had more volunteer power we could reach that that needs so much more. And how many people do you serve on a weekly basis? On a weekly basis, we serve a little over a thousand a week um, altogether with grub packs and breakfast and dinner in our building and dinner being delivered. And one of the most important questions, how do we donate food to you? You can donate food several ways. So we are awesome. Oh, I'm not just you, I agree. To my you you are awesome. <laughs> so one of the nice things about us is we, we don't have any government funding whatsoever. We're all funded by the community. So if you guys have, um, so like today, two oil field companies called me and said, hey, I have got all this catering. Would you like it? And I was like, of course I would like it. So we, we had um, a fourth pound meatballs. I mean, that's a giant meatball, guys. Um, homemade by a delicious catering company here, just given to us, you know, I mean, who else can serve like a lobster macaroni and cheese? If we had government funding, we wouldn't be able to take things like that, mm-hmm. but we can. And my rule of thumb is if you will eat it or you will feed it to your children, I will feed it to my friends. Mm-hmm. Please don't bring me something that you just think is disgusting because the I will not feed is, it to my friends. Yeah, the food is really good. So going there and enjoy serving people and yes. enjoying the meal with people it's it's a great experience and the food is very good good i'm glad you said that yeah, yes can we can we talk about water chestnuts for a moment 
story behind this. (laughs) Okay. So let's see how delicately I can put this. Uh, (laughs) So when somebody says um, your local food bank or your food pantry or a soup kitchen says, hey, guys, we have a need for food. Please don't donate something that you've had in your closet for 15 years. Um, and that you would never eat yourself. <laughs> and and when we joke that it's things like um, water chestnuts or sauerkraut or something that's been in your clo- in your pantry and you have no intention of ever eating it. And you just think, well, somebody will eat it, but we don't really want it. Let's let's if it was put yourself in that position. Or your kids. Yes. Your or your kids. kids. Yes. Like if you were a parent struggling to feed your kids. Um, and you finally swallowed your pride enough to go to ask for help, and then we give you a box of junk. Mm-hmm. Food insecurity. Right. Yes. Exactly. Dignity. There's no dignity in that. There's zero dignity. So uh, a good rule of thumb is donate your time, but also donate things that are new things that you actually like to eat, that you actually like to use. If you're donating toys, don't don't buy uh, or don't, you know, find your kids wubby from 10 years ago. Right. Um, let's let's go buy a new Barbie, guys. You know, let's think of it if it was your kid, if it was your family. Let's have some dignity in it and let's show these people that they are loved. They are actually humans that have the right to be treated like humans. Which is a good tie-in for mental health. Because all of that yes. is going to create a mm-hmm. positive self-esteem. Yes. Yes. You know, I personally love water chestnuts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like them as well. But, but I, I understand. Yes. <laughs> yes. Kids are going to see that in the go, No, I don't want that. Go, oh, right. That. So I'm not making a lot of that. I'm just saying. <laughs> no. The water chestnut lovers of the world <laughs> keep buying them. Shout out. I still, don't. yes. I like <laughs> them. <laughs> well, and we, we do have a... a corner of shame in our building where um, <laughs> we do keep some things. We have currently we have a box of Jello from 1978. Oh my. So oh, wow. we don't actually need that kind of stuff guys. No. So thank you for having my heart. I might have that in my cabinet. <laughs> I know. Like, I wonder what's in my give with dignity. Right. Yeah. Let's let's give that's with good. dignity. And I understand, you know, everybody is at a different income level and that's 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 not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that let's give the way you would like to be that's given a to thumb for everyone for yes. every reason that you're giving yes i want to thank maya for joining us in the studio today and thank you for all the hard work that you do of course thank you guys for putting it out there we can't where, do it without you where are you guys located we are at 410 east florida avenue in midland and we serve dinner our doors open at five o'clock on weekdays and we serve until about six thirty. and how can we contact you you can email me at m-a-i-j-a at breakingbreadkitchen.org. You can always use our Facebook page. We're at uh, BB, BBK Midland on Facebook, or our website is www.breakingbreadkitchen.org as well. And if you or someone you know have food insecurities, what is? how do you start? Do a call? Do I just show up at Breaking Bread? You can just show, just up. show up. You can just show up. Like I said, there's never... Any questions? There's no, I don't need to see your ID. I don't need to hear anything unless you would like to tell it to me. You show up and you will be fed. You will be fed with dignity. You will be treated with love. It's a good place, guys. And it's good food. It's good good food. I can attest to that. (laughs) Centers Solutions is a production of the Recording Library of West Texas. Post-production work is done by Bailey Hennis and Abby Wiggum. Content is provided by Melanie Size and Christy Edwards. 
Contact Centers for Children and Families at 432-570-1084 or the Recording Library at 432-682-2731. Email Melanie with questions you want answered on the show at msci at centerstexas.org. That's M-S-A-I-Z at C-E-N-T-E-R-S-T-X dot O-R-G. Both nonprofits are on all social media platforms. See you next time.